0: Hello and welcome to another State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your guide, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday the 21st of May 2021. Let's get into it. The new parliamentary term of the Scottish Parliament is well on its way with our newly elected MSPs having taken their spots in the chamber and Alison Johnston, who was returned as a Scottish Greens MSP, taking the role of the presiding officer. Following that, we also have a new ministerial team following a cabinet reshuffle and the re-election of Nicola Sturgeon as the country's first minister. New cabinet, new parliament, new PO, and a new mandate for Scottish independence. As she was re-elected as First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon did affirm her vow to hold a second referendum, noting that there is indeed a fresh mandate for independence following the Holyrood election, which returned a significant pro-independence majority to the Scottish Parliament, but that she would, quote, exercise that mandate with responsibility, humility, and only when the crisis of COVID has passed. She did also stress that there is a clear mandate for a referendum within this session of Parliament. It is important in the interests of democracy that this is acknowledged and respected. So, there is a democratic mandate for a referendum in this parliamentary term, one that the First Minister intends to follow through on once the pandemic has been dealt with, presumably as best it can be. So, No definitive timeline for when we can expect a second referendum just yet. When it comes to the actual timing of NDREF 2 though, I'm still firmly of the opinion that any meaningful recovery from COVID-19 can only really be carried out out with the UK. So with that in mind, I would hope that the timing of a second referendum is not so far in the future as to miss that opportunity. Equally, Should a referendum not be delivered during this parliamentary term, that may be the end of Nicola Sturgeon's time as leader of the SNP. Obviously, the majority of indie activists recognise that the pandemic is a priority at the moment. And Nicola Sturgeon may have found herself in a stronger position after many of those who had been jostling to replace her defected to the Alba party. But even the party faithful are becoming a little more wary of just how many times they've been promised that now's the time only for that to fizzle out. While the timing of a second referendum may currently be unclear, however, what is clear is that Scotland's mandate for a second referendum is stronger now than ever. Despite attempts by pro-union groups and parties to delegitimize the electoral result, the fact is that Scots voted to return a pro-independence majority with increased numbers in the latest Holyrood poll. On top of that, new analysis has revealed that 6 out of 8 regions in Scotland returned a pro-indie votes majority on the regional ballot. Analysis of the ballots shows that votes for those supporting pro-independence parties was the highest in Glasgow, at 58%. Nice one. The North East, Highlands and Islands, Mid-Scotland and Fife, Lothian and Central also all returned ballots, with over 50% of the votes having gone to pro-independence parties. Ah, you might be saying, but that's very close to the line, is it not? The country appears quite divided on this issue. Well, yeah. Yeah. And isn't that a strong case for holding a referendum? When there's such a split of political paths, why take the position that that's actually a justification for denying any meaningful route to agreement? In this case, by discussing debating and voting on Scottish independence. It's the opposite, surely. And in this case, it isn't really an even split at all. Independence is still the favoured position. It's just utter hypocrisy for pro-union politicians to try and deny a democratic vote in independence just because they may not like the result. And this isn't just the opinion of myself and my fellow Scots either. New research from Savannah Cormes has revealed that 39% of voters across the UK back Scotland's right to have a say on our constitutional future if we choose to do so. That might not sound like the biggest number, but just 35% were opposed to this, meaning that there are more in support of this than are against it. In a similar vein, more voters in England backed Nicola Sturgeon's right to launch another referendum than opposed it, too. Even in the Tory dominated southeast of England, 40% back allowing another independence vote, more than opposed, albeit by a slim margin. Left Foot Forward, who commissioned the poll, stated, While Sturgeon has ruled out an illegal wildcat referendum, the views of voters in England could prove significant in determining whether Westminster can continue to deny another indie vote. Piling pressure on Keir Starmer and Scottish Labour's Anna Sarwar is the fact that a majority, 51% of Labour voters across Britain, back the right to another independence vote to just 21% against. Are you listening, Sarwar? This is the point... I have been making for a long time that Scottish Labour's continued blanket refusal to engage with questions around independence with any degree of nuance is as self-defeating as it is undemocratic. It could be argued that the UK government can see the direction of travel too. For all their bluster in the lead-up to the election, they seem to have eased off a little on the anti-democracy rhetoric. Michael Gove this week clarified, following comments from the former leader of Downing Street's union unit, that the UK government would in fact not be legislating to prevent all future referenda. And according to a top civil servant, preserving the union is now a top priority for the UK's policymakers. Speaking with a House of Lords committee, Simon Case noted that the experience of both Brexit and obviously more recently COVID means that so much more of government, so much more of policy, involves consideration of devolution or union questions so much earlier in the process. In everything that we do, we should be thinking about how it impacts on the union. Which is interesting, since it reveals that up until now, there hadn't necessarily been a huge amount of thought put into how UK legislation would impact the Scottish Parliament. And that actually explains a lot. But that does bring us to an end this week. So with all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? As weak as Israel's claim that bombing densely populated areas in Gaza, leaving over 230 Palestinians dead and destroying critical infrastructure, is just self-defence. See you next week.